You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. In a world filled with cigars, craft beer, comics, movies, and video games, only two men are brave enough to search out all things nerdy. It's the Cigar Nerds Podcast! And welcome to the Cigar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Smokin' Joe. I'm Brad Jackson. And here we are once again. And, uh, you know, we've, we survived April's Fools. Uh, we survived my birthday, which was also kind of an April Fool, because I, mean, I don't drink anymore, and we drink a lot. <laughs> or I drink a lot. <laughs> but we had designated drivers and such, so it worked well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, you know, we went to visit our, our Dragon Con Cigar Group meetup down at the Red Phone Booth, which was a, a good time. So what are we smoking this week, speaking of April Fool's? So um, the cigar that we're smoking this week is the Punch Takeout. And, well, actually, I guess it's more called the Egg Roll. But, <laughs> you know, this is one of those, like, I'm starting to become a fan of April Fool's on the Internet, except for when I'm trying to find factual stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's always a bad time to find news. Uh, at, uh, because, um, you know, this was a... A gag that, you know, turned reality. So um, these cigars are unique in the fact that they are about the size of an egg roll, um, just smaller in diameter. But they come in a uh, Chinese takeout box. Complete with a haiku on the box. (laughs) Yes. And, um, you know, the, the label is purposely left loose because much like a fortune cookie or, you know, your Chinese takeout, you know, Receiving your paper fortune is half the experience. So, yeah, so you know, when you're done smoking your cigar, you can, you know, unwrap your uh, your band and it has like a little fortune on it. Like, yeah, it's so like a it, you know, um, mine is almost fitting. Its age is a high price to pay for maturity. Yeah, that was funny because that was the one I smoked uh, like uh, might have been right before my birthday, and I I, I found that uh, <laughs> that one. Uh, let me see. Uh yeah, mine says the fortune you seek is on another cigar. Luckily, we bought two each since they're only you know about four inches long. We thought we might need uh, two to make it through this episode, so we'll and, see what the know, uh, second one says when I get there. <laughs> and in punch fashion, these are a smaller gauge cigar, so they do constitute a smaller price tag. So you can pick these up for about four bucks and some change. Um, they are a little bit limited, though. Um, only three thousand uh, boxes were shipped out. Um, and with these, they support a Connecticut Broadleaf Wrapper, Ecuadorian Sumatra Binder, and a filler blend of Colombian, Mexican, American, and Dominican tobacco. So basically, they were like, hey, we got a bunch of random stuff. Let's just all throw it together and wrap it up in this little cigar and send it you know, via <laughs> takeout box. And speaking of a blend of things, uh, this week's topic, we're talking about uh, Netflix's new series, Death, Love, and Robots. Which is kind of a random mix of shit as well, <laughs> which we'll get into into the main topic. But if you're going to fight uh, Dracula's robots, intergalactic aliens, or whatever and else it, we're going to talk it, about in this episode. The, the funny thing is it's actually love death robots, but we both keep yeah. throwing death first. <laughs> love death robots, yes. Love death and robots. There we go. Say it correctly. But if you're going to do all those things... Call in the Strikeforce, strikeforceenergy.com. Use your promo code CIGARNERDS for 20% off your order. And they also come in a small little pouch like these cigars. 
and you can take them anywhere, even on an intergalactic journey I past mean, you the killer rift. Theoretically, whatever. take out you know some of the Eggroll cigars and replace with you know pouches of uh, Strike Force because they're almost the same size. Yeah, you just take your little uh, little to go box and throw some Strike Force in there. You got smokes and I wonder if this would work day. through customs. Oh no, these aren't cigars. These are just my uh, <laughs> this is my takeout. <laughs> yeah, I got Chinese food in this in this country. And with that, we'll be right back. So, uh, yeah, I'm a little jacked up on Strike Force and Dayquil, so I talk a little fast in the intro. So what are some of the flavor profiles you're picking up on this here egg roll? It does not taste like egg roll. No, it, it does not, um, which I don't know that I want a shrimp-fried cigar. Yeah, I'm that, not a big fan of egg rolls anyway. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a cabbage fan. See, here's my thing with egg rolls is I like, you know, the pork egg rolls, the shrimp egg rolls, but, you know, I, I do like to top them with some sweet and sour or some duck sauce, you know. Some of that so, spicy mustard, too, is, is good. But, yeah, the straight-up vegetable egg roll, nope, not a fan. Well, you know, luckily for you, the cigar is not actually tastes like egg roll. <laughs> um, I don't know. For me... You know, some of the notes, I this is a very earthy cigar, and I think that's a combination of all of the different fillers, and this cigar is kind of unique in its construction because for the last quarter inch or so, the filler is exposed, meaning there is no wrapper. Um, so, you know, that, that allows you to... Uh, what was the event that we did where we actually got to smoke the individual components? Oh, um, it was the... Uh, it was the... T- the- Inspirado tasting, where we just smoke the uh, the uh, wrapper leaves. Yes. So, you know, with this here, we're kind of doing just the opposite. And um, it's, you know. Yeah, so there is a little bit of a flavor transition from that first opening smoke where you're just smoking the blend before you get to the the wrapper leaf uh, kicks in. Yeah, and I will say that, you know, this is probably a, a decent medium. Um, this is on par with, I think... A lot of the the punch line, um, without getting into like the signature, the Diablo or the Nicapura, uh, Nicapura um, cigars that are, I guess, catered a little bit more toward the full flavored um, smoker. So if you're looking to, you know, just have a a quick smoke, you know, I know a lot of folks a lot of times will, you know, grab like the Fuente short story and everything. Uh, This may be a great cigar to, um, you know, find just to add to that repertoire. Yeah, because it's it's not like the Diablo or some of the or the signature series, which are kind of a stronger cigar. It's, I guess, more toward the punch original, where it's more of a medium, medium plus, but. 
on a session where Are I'm like... Are you doing that thing where you repeat me? <clears throat> yeah, but I, I had a further point after that. <laughs> uh, you know, after I get done smoking like a big cigar, but I'm not ready to call it a night, but I don't really want to smoke and have the time to smoke another full-size cigar. This is kind of a nice dessert. You know, here's me an extra 30 minutes of cigar. Yep, here's you a, a little treat. And in fact, <laughs> we're actually going to time how long it takes us to smoke one of these. Now, I do find myself, I, I get involved in the conversation and I allow my cigar to rest a bit more than if I'm in a shop environment or, or something of that nature, which... I don't know. Today I kind of nursed one, and you know, I, the hour smoke probably drug into an hour and a half or so, just because uh, you know I'd let it rest. I'd relight, having some good conversation, watching some uh, crazy movie I'd never seen before. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't even know what that thing was called. I don't know. One was oh. like Serial Mom or something. I guess <laughs> the other one was what The Abyss or yeah. I, I don't know. I hadn't seen either one. So that's the beauty of you know. Getting outside your normal environment and visiting your cigar shops and, you know, the the folks you'll be exposed to and, you know, television shows and everything. So, kind of cool. Yeah, so getting into this week's topic of love, death, and robots, now that we pronounced it correctly. This is a weird one that it was like, I didn't hear a lot, because like... Well, we we had mentioned before that driving up, you know, anybody... Yeah, there was a random billboard. You know... uh, Close to the Atlanta or northern suburbs and everything out where we live, um, there's a billboard that, you know, just has the, you know, the heart, the X, and little robot icon. And for a long time, I looked at that, and I said, what the fuck is that? And it never occurred to me that, hey, this is that new Netflix series that got recommended that I added to my list. And, you know, then another person recommended it, and I was like, I need to break down and watch this. (laughs) Yeah, because a lot of Netflix stuff, especially their original stuff lately... Gets a lot of promotion, where this one kind of had more of a viral campaign, where there's these random billboards that just had those three symbols, and you're like, what the fuck is that? And but like, I, I, I like think the it's... highwayman in the dirt, and even Bright when it came out, I was seeing previews in oh, regular yes. movie theaters on, you know, face, on friggin' TV and everything. Where, but this one was just like, what the hell is this? And then some people kind of word of mouth got started popping up, going, this thing is like fucking awesome. It's like heavy metal meets. Twilight Zone. I'm like, all right, cool. I got to sit down and watch this. I'm like, oh shit, this is pretty badass. And yes, absolutely, definitely has that uh, that uh, heavy metal feel to it. Which it's, you know, if you're not sure what it is, it's 18 uh, short stories, uh, all animated mostly, but they are not sequential. So you no. know, you can kind of you know yeah. skip around. Doesn't matter you- where you kind of start because each one is a standalone show that has nothing to do with the next show. And each one is done by different director, different writer, different uh, animation studio. So the styles and the stories, you know, change from show to show, you know, and, and, you know, and also done by some big people like blur studio did a couple of them, blow studio, pinkman TV, like, you know, some of these bigger, even I think Sony uh, produced one of our, you know, animation uh, did one of the videos. So it's, yeah, it's and it's you know overall produced by uh, uh, Joshua Doran, David Fincher, and Jennifer and Tim Miller. Yeah, Tim Miller, like everyone who's a fan of animation, you know, knows who the hell Tim Miller is. Who's that guy? Uh, I think he did a little show called like Batman the Animated Series and <laughs> some other shit like that. Really? Uh, did he like to use the color yellow in anything at all? I believe so. Uh, <laughs> it's a fan uh, of bananas. I love bananas. Love robots. 
not so fond of the death part. But th- that was the other thing too. Is um, I don't know. I I, I mean, giving the the free range to so many different studios and artists and everything else to say, hey, here's you know, and and not every episode is like a full 15 or 17 minutes, you know, some of them may only be five or six minutes. Um, but this was one of those that, you know, I would kind of watch an episode and then I would go back and rewatch it because I'm like, you can start to interpret different meanings. And, you know, I almost got from this, what I think a lot of people get when they go to art galleries and stuff like that, right? They can sit there and they're looking at paintings and, you know, it's bringing out the imagination and, you know, allowing some creative freedoms. And, uh, I found that's what a vast majority of these episodes kind of, uh, did for me. Um, you know, some were, very cynical. Some were heavily influenced by pop culture. Um, you know, a, a little card game that you know had a, a <laughs> viral campaign, uh, exploding kittens. I mean, that should have been the advertisement for exploding kittens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, um, <clears throat> yeah, and like the shortest episode was six minutes, and the longest one was seventeen. So it's like something that you can. In the, in the age of bin watching, you can burn through this in like a couple hours, you know, like, like maybe two hours worth if you watch it back to back. So it's almost like, you know, if you watch it in one sitting, it's almost like sitting down to watch a, you know, a, a movie. full feature length film, I guess. Yeah. But I, I don't know, you know, I mean, I can definitely, and you know, some of the writers, you know, were trying to get on board to, you know, do something with, with heavy metal that never quite came to fruition. So I guess this was the next best thing. Um, yeah, cause I was, ve- you know, very much I'm like, man, this has like a, you know, cause we did a whole heavy metal episode and it very much like had the, f- I'm like, this has definitely has the feel of a heavy metal, especially some of the, the, uh, the segments, uh, when we start talking about the individual stories, but, uh, yeah, but then I found out that Tim Miller was actually at one point trying to do a reboot of Heavy Metal that just never kind of got off the ground. And he took a lot of those ideas and put them into this project. So I'm like, oh, I didn't see why that has the feel. But then also, like I said, Twilight Zone, because then some of them have like a real like fucked up twist ending to it. Where you're like, well, quite what the hell did a, I just watch? Quite a few of them, actually. And, you know, and then there was some that were just, you know, kind of left without much explanation that kind of, you know, just... In my head, this is how I feel this would have ended. Yeah. You know, so people can can draw different conclusions. And I think when uh, Netflix was first starting to develop Love, Death, and Robots, like they were, you know, going to cater the episodes, I guess, according to your likenesses or watch, like, you know... Each yeah. user would kind <clears throat> of get a different lineup yeah, I heard there was a um, couple different episodes order, and, uh, or, order lists that came out. Uh, and the But I, I don't know. What kind of profiling and everything is going into... Uh, <laughs> I mean, we, so, we accuse Disney of being the creator of uh, Skynet. Hell, it may be Netflix. <laughs> they're probably in cahoots with, uh, you know, with Skynet. Uh, and I, I, I don't know, man. I mean, some of my... Just seeing stuff, I was like, "Holy crap!" I got an animated Mech Warrior, you know, short. <laughs> I got, you know, pop culture references. Um, you know, a lot of um, nods and tosses to anime, or you know, a lot of the um, 
you know, I mean, Japanese or like, Chinese, yeah. you know, cultural influences. I mean, just stuff all over the board. So, I mean, there's... There's, yeah, there's even like one that has it was a real steampunk uh, yes. element to it, which that was probably... At, at the end, we'll kind of give you our, like... Here's our top three, or you know what our what our individual favorites are. But I'm not I'm not prepared for that. <laughs> At least pull one out of your out of your uh, you know I got, I got orifice. What seventeen or eighteen? Why why do humans have many so orifices? <laughs> so many orifices. <laughs> yes. uh, and that was the first one because I'd not watched any of this. And then uh, my buddy Mike was up here for my birthday, and he he made us watch uh, the Three Robots episode. And I'm like, okay, this is pretty fucking cool. I got to watch this whole whole thing now. <laughs> But uh, and I don't know if your uh, order differed than than mine, but you know mine pretty much went along with the the Wikipedia no, order I, here. I, I, I think at the end of the day there was some controversy surrounding the varying orders and everything. So I guess you know Netflix decided, hey, we we should just everybody gets the same order. I, I don't think that actually came to fruition because. I mean, it's kind of a cool concept. The, the, but yeah, the Skynet like stuff, a... but then I, I think there was some, you know, political correctness issues surrounding that. And for a si- snowflakes got to ruin everything. For a a, a series, um, very much um, NSFW. Um, this is <laughs> not something you want to be watching. Uh, yes, it it is animated, but yeah, uh, it contains nudity, violence, sexual stuff, and uh, strong language. <laughs> <laughs> All the things that make my life go round. <clears throat> yes, uh, and uh, you know, visually, the way the the animation on it because I said they change from from yeah episode to episode, but the ones that were done by Blur and Sony, especially, almost hyper realistic in their animation style. It looked like a video game cutscene. I mean, it's and, going and to the point where they're not going to need live action actors anymore. They're just going to, it's, like, it's, all, it's all going to be voiceover work because, and that was the thing that, you know, kind of, um, some of the episodes that was actually a little bit of a distraction because I felt like I was watching more of a video game than I was, you know, watching a short animated film. Yeah, and, you know, blur is known for, I mean, they've done a lot of the stuff with the, uh, the MCU, uh, digital effects, but also, you know, video game design. And yeah, the, like I said, the, there's so much fine detail in, in some of their animation that it's like this could very much be a live action movie, uh, or we're getting to the point where we're just not going to need live actors anymore. It's like oh, it's too easy, it's too hard to do the stunts. We're just going to do the whole thing animated and everybody do voiceover shit because because yeah, it was like some of them are just super like uh, realistic in their in their animation. So the the first episode uh, I watched was Sunny's Edge. Which, yes. <clears throat> you know, that one is, it's a, uh, you know what it reminded me of? What? Remember the old game? I think it was on Sega called Primal Rage. Yes. That's, um, you know, I, I, I guess to modernize that a little bit, you know, for folks who may not be as familiar with Sega Genesis, um, I, I, I guess you could say, you know, kind of a little bit of a killer instinct feel too. Um, you know, if anybody ever played any of those games, not going back to Super Nintendo, but you know, it got a reboot on Xbox yeah, especially One, and, and even had like a um, almost a Pacific Rim look to the monsters, like especially Sonny's uh, monster. I thought it was carnivore or something like that. Yes, uh, with a K. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, it's about like in underground gladiator matches where pilots uh, mind link with beasties, as they call them, and then they have like a 
kind of like a fight to the death. It's like underground cockfighting with genetically engineered monsters. But, you know, at the same time, like, they're AI controlled by the human host using some kind of, uh, I forgot, arid technology or... Yeah, something a- like Amid or something like that. Brain link shit, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I've actually seen people like, holy crap, it's an adult version of Pokemon. <laughs> oh, wow. I didn't even like think of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <clears throat> a lot less kid-friendly and a lot less innocent. So th- this is definitely not one for the chitlins. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> and this being, like I said, because the, the first one I actually watched was the three robots. So then when I, when I went, which was very... You know, comical when we get into that, but and then this was like the first one out the gate when I sat down to watch it, like from beginning to the end. I'm like, oh shit, this is a lot darker and more violent than the one I had seen before. Yeah, and that's the thing is, you know, some of the episodes are, you know, very dark and very grim. So, um, I I don't know that. Um, I don't know. For me, I wouldn't necessarily classify any of the episodes as quote horror but i mean there were definitely some some elements you know i i like there was one episode you know around dracula and stuff that we'll get into later but um you know this one here like i i gotta admit the first time i watched it i was um you know focusing on my phone i'm not really paying attention to what was going on in the episode you know so i'm just seeing these two beasts you know rip each other apart and i you know feel like you know, I was trying to compare it like, damn, I almost feel some sympathy here because, you know, the little snippets I caught, it's like, this is an underground dog fighting ring. Yeah. And, you know, then once I realized, oh, the beast are AI controlled and, you know, watched it with my full attention, you know, I still felt sympathy, um, especially as you learn some backstory regarding the main character and everything. So, you know, it wasn't just, hey, people are just, tearing each other apart, you know, UFC style with AI controlled beast um for sport, you know, per se, you know, this this lady's on a mission. Yeah, cuz it uh you know, starts off with him and I, I like the whole uh uh UV tattoos it's like you know, like they're pulling up in a semi and it's all blacked out and they shine like a UV light and there's like a whole like almost like NASCAR graffiti ad down the side of it with the, with the monster name and everything. And when, once they walk into the, uh, the arena, everything's lit up with black lights and like all their tattoos and stuff start glowing. And it's like very much like a, and there's like this huge, like three story, like video screen that they walk through. It's very much like the modern version of, you know, our future version of like WWE or something. <laughs> there's like definitely like a more of a spectacle to it. Uh, but you know, in the whole story is like this lady has, you know, won 17 matches and they're all trying to figure out what her edge is. And there's this whole story that she was, you know, abused by a gang and, you know, she fights to get vengeance. But, you know, we find out in the, the twist that that's not exactly what occurred. Yeah, and I, and I think, you know, I don't want to give the twist away because, you know, for folks that may be listening to the episode or, you know, have skipped around, maybe not seen this one, like so many of the episodes great great plot twist i mean m night shamama blah 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 you know should definitely be you know taking some notes um on <laughs> you know how to properly do and execute a a plot twist yeah but then she has that whole um they discuss like you know fear and hate and so about that and how she can use that 
to her advantage. And she's like, you know, hate's easy. It's like, you know, you know, it's not that I'm not afraid. You have to learn with fear. Fear makes you stronger. makes you, you know, wiser, you know, wiser and, and all this other stuff. So, I mean, it kind of had a, a good, uh, you know, speech on, uh, kind of, uh, you know, using, <laughs> you know, not fighting with hate cause hate blinds you, but you know, using your fear to, you know, make you stronger and, and, and whatnot. Uh, I think the more senses you not utilize, the it, more using effective it. a combatant you are is what it was essentially trying to get at. And I don't know. I mean, you know, uh, this, if, any folks are fan of cyberpunk, this should be right up your alley. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I feel like we could go to, you know, some of the alternate history cons and, and some of this get up and, and fit right in. <laughs> uh, but yeah, th- this one, you know, was kind of, a, I mean, after this, I was like, all right, I'm hooked. I'm watching this whole whole thing now because it's not just silly cartoonish shit like, you know, the next episode. Yeah, see, <laughs> I was going into this, I almost... um. I thought it would be similar to like a a robot chicken or something. Yeah. Uh, maybe not so much the the clay style animation, but um, you know, you, you like you said, there, there's so much diversity and influence from multiple angles, and and a lot of them are just psychological, you know, like mind fucks. <laughs> yeah. Like you know having some flashback to uh chris angel and you know back when he was doing um what was it something? mind freak mind freak yeah. <laughs> yeah uh but then we have our our next uh uh episode three robots which it was like the first one i saw and this is probably about the only one that um it's like truly comedic <laughs> comedic um and i would say relatively kid friendly and cats um, are dicks other than the language yeah <laughs> well I, and there's you know a lot of dead bodies laying around <laughs> cuz it's the story i of said relatively i would three, give this one a pg13 not a robots uh a looks like a battle robot you know what it reminded me of what pixar yeah it did have that very Pixar-esque animation. Like, I, I feel like they plucked the robots del- directly out of that film <laughs> and, you know, threw them into I kind of want to see a whole movie of just the three robots because their interactions were hilarious because yes. it's like three robots on a vacation to a post-apocalyptic Earth and, like, where humanity is dead and they're trying to Basically understand humanity it. based on the evidence of the stuff that's been laying around and what scant historical records, I guess, have survived. <laughs> It's almost like they were in a escape room and they had to piece together the bits of clues and knowledge of the places they were visiting from humanity, whether it be cafes or, you know, <laughs> yeah. arcades or, you know, industrial buildings and stuff. Yeah, because you got and, the, the one robot that's just like a walking cube that, or a, whatever, a pris- pyramid, who who is like... Very much with the camera and tweeting and doing the Instagram. It's the it's the embodiment of Instagram. But her voice is like Siri. It's very monotone. <laughs> but she says some of the most fucked up stuff. And then you have the little hyper like kid bot that's like just yeah. excited about everything. Yeah. And then you have like the kind of like the the battle bot guy that's just like, why am I here? Like y'all have dragged me along to this thing. And but there's like yeah, it's funny. Like they go to like a little restaurant and he's like trying to explain hamburgers. Like humans used to like get their energy from sticking this in their orifices. It's like, why would they do that? Like, I got a fusion battery. <laughs> yes, we all have fusion batteries. <laughs> and when they were trying to talk about excrement was, you know, another funny topic. Like, <laughs> yeah. 
He's like, well, they, they had uh, uh, rocky nodules that would pound it into a paste and then dump it into a vat of acid. And and then and then what? And then they would like excrement like the stuff. Like, ew! Like why would you know, why would they, why don't they just put in a vat of acid beforehand? It's like a lot of more. It's like it's like you're trying to get logic from things that have an internal vat of acid. It's not possible. <laughs> and the one robot is like, you know, there's like some dead guy on the counter who's like, and there's an order where he died. Like you know, I guess after his. So he like she finishes his order. He's like, sorry for the wait, and then takes his hat. So he's like, the robot's walking around with like a trucker hat the rest of the episode. And then when they find the cat, they're like, yes. why do they have these things? They just had them. I don't, they had a whole network dedicated to pictures of these things. <laughs> That's like the, the robot's explanation of the internet, which... I feel like there's going to be very so true. many memes. <laughs> so many memes. Um, but yeah, no, when, they, when, the, when the robot's actually... The, the cat jumps on its lap, and he starts petting it, and it purrs, and it's like, oh my god, you've activated it. I know about these things. And that's where they go into the exploding kittens reference. So, you know, then the whole gag becomes, how do we keep the cat from exploding? <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, you know, they, they find the nuclear missile, and like, what, what was the purpose? Oh, is this is the purpose to kill, like, a whole bunch of them. Like, but actually, they're just wiped out by, like, you know, freaking environmental disaster, because they're, they're, they're dumb. And they're like, also, we heard they uh, you know, modified their cats to have opposable thumbs. And then the cat finally starts and goes, yeah, once we could open our own tuna cans, it was pretty much it for them. I'm like, dude, that was, that's kind of heartless. He's like, bro, I'm a cat. <laughs> Cats are dicks. <laughs> He's like, so you won't explode if we quit petting you? Oh, I didn't say that. You better keep petting me just in case. <laughs> and they brought a few friends. So, yes. um, <clears throat> Great, great, great! Episode. Oh, and the uh, the when he googles teabagging, because <laughs> the one battle bot he is like the uh, the uh, Xbox four thousand or something, and they find like an Xbox four, and he's like, "Oh, this is your grandfather, dude! Like, say, daddy!" <laughs> and he's like, "He's like, yeah, you know, your 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 ancestors were pretty much just used by teenagers to teabag one another. What's teabagging? You should definitely look that up. Don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah, yeah, you should definitely. I'm looking that up. Like, oh my god, why did I look that up? <laughs> Oh <laughs> uh, yeah! So but, many mysteries of the human complex. <laughs> yeah. Ah uh, yes. Uh, but yes, a, a great little fun, you know, episode away from some of the the grim, darker elements that we will be getting into. And it kind of seems like they they peppered those out. They'll give you like a fucked up one, and they'll give you kind of a, a lighter one <laughs> between. <laughs> so your brain. I don't can know. There, there there were quite a few that. Uh, I don't know. Like I, I'm still kind of reeling to this day to process internally and mentally what I've actually seen. Like the witness. <laughs> yes. Which is probably one Which of my I've got some theories behind. Uh, time loop? <laughs> I mean, dude, it's a great throwback to Rocky Horror and the time warp. <laughs> yeah. Because pretty much a girl who's like apparently a stripper in some kind of fetish club. Witnesses a murder, and the guy looks down and sees the girl he had just killed looks exactly like the girl he who murdered. Just, uh, <clears throat> that just witnessed it. So he pursues her through the whole thing, through this weird fetish club, <laughs> and lots, eventually... Lots of anime uh, porn here. Yeah, tracks her back down to an apartment and tr- tries to uh, you know figure out what's going on, and she kills him, and as she kills him... She looks up and sees a witness that looks just like the guy she just killed, and it kind of, I guess, resets, which, yeah, I mean, this one was just kind of bizarre, not really one of my favorite <laughs> episodes. Yeah, I mean... I, I had an interesting look to it. 
I mean, I, I feel like some of these were just an excuse to, hey, we're going to showcase, you know, some hentai. Yeah. And, you know. I mean, this was one tentacle short of a hentai episode. <laughs> so, yeah, I you know, this was um one of those that you're just left to wonder what happens. And, you know, I, I can only imagine that, you know, and... And there's this whole YouTube role, videos you dedicated know, to people theorizing what the endings of all these mean. If you uh, need someone to go talk to after you've <laughs> where did the Netflix touch me, show me on the doll. Yeah, you can, you can go to YouTube and there's plenty of people going, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> so yeah, um, I, I'm with you. Probably not, um, not one of my favorites. Um, but if you're a fan of hentai, go ahead. Yeah, and I mean, you know, uh, but uh, there, there'll, there'll be no shortage of. Um, Anime frontals and and boobage, if that's your thing. <laughs> but the the one after that, uh, probably one of my favorite. Dude, ones. this is probably like every redneck's like ultimate dream here. Um, <laughs> yes. Which I I don't know is is rather um, interesting. Um, and that would be suits. <laughs> Another one done by Blur Studios. This is uh, this is one that I feel like could potentially make a great video game because yeah, um, I was it, always a big fan of Mech Warrior growing up. Yeah, so you know, it kind of reminded me of uh, Half Life too, especially the design of the aliens. Yes, looked very much, and it looks almost like. I mean, it starts off very normal. Looks like you're in the middle of uh, yeah. Nebraska or Wyoming, you know, one of these big farmland areas. Until they're like, oh, there's a breach in the fence. We need to go check out this breach. And guy goes to his barn and gets in a big-ass mech suit. You're like, oh, wait a minute. This isn't normal farmland. And when he goes out to the field, instead of like, oh, poachers have cut my fence, there's looks like a portal, like some interdimensional portal with fucking aliens coming through. <laughs> and now all these farmers have to fight off an alien swarm with badass mech suits. And I like the the uh, readout on a suit. It's like, farming? combat it's like oh gotta switch modes <laughs> yeah which is you know just great and i mean there's quite a bit of um i don't know this this was one where you know it really kind of tugs on the the sympathy strings a little bit you know just in the way that the events play out but then too like i'm also like man this is like you know a great rendition of uh doomsday preppers <laughs> You know, because you you see the freaking you know um, compound just you know. All right, we're going into street <coughs> defense lockdown mode, and hey, I got this sweet gun turret. Yeah, that was going to be a birthday present. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the silo has like yes. a, a full on cannon, and his neighbor too is like like crazy hillbilly redneck, but he uh, you know also has uh, he's like artistic. He builds like this weird uh, scarecrow that the guy hates. He's like man. I, this guy's a pain in the ass. He's like, but he's like, you know, he's like, you know, he's being neighborly. He's like, no, like helping with the farm animals, sharing feed. That's neighborly. This is like an eyesore. But then, like when this the guy thing shows up, scarecrows <laughs> shows up to back him up, and they end up with this, you know, massive breach where, the, and it's down to like the, th- you know, only three of his neighbors: him, like the the art guy, and like my favorite, the crazy redneck grandma that smokes cigars in her. Uh, <laughs> it's like. I like this lady. I would drink beers with her. <laughs> She's like smoking cigars and blowing shit up. That's, um, you know, that's a, I could see that being your female mom. <laughs> but then like, you know, the, the hillbilly guy ends up like, you know, you know, bringing them all reloads and sacrificing himself to, to, to give his buddies a chance. 
and and then like the big bad comes out but then like you know the whole twist of it it's not earth it's not nebraska it turns out these are terra farmers on some alien planet and this farm you know idealistic farmland is actually inside of a, a bubble and like the horizons just projected and like the the planet's really like swarming with these bugs. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I I feel like you know to kind of is is that what happens after we start colonizing you know other places? Like you know, I mean, if you think about it, and we've kind of talked about this in different science segments and just in general, you know, ideology that you know. We're consumers, like, you know, I mean, all we do are deplete resources, and we're not really doing a whole lot to add resources back because they're non-renewable, so, you know, it, as humans, are we just a virus, and, you know, I mean, this kind of really played into that hand a little bit, and, you know, that's... Yeah, as we start trying to settle other worlds, like, you know, oh, shit, this uninhabited rock we landed on isn't actually uninhabited <laughs> and i like to the guy's like oh geez sure quit your job become a farmer it'll be so easy God damn. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> yeah so um you know this was a one of those um that's really high up there on my list just from you know the the story and everything of that nature <laughs> And the chickens just eating dead aliens at the end of it. Like, this is like normal life here on... I mean, dude. You know, whatever planet this is. Aliens tried to come down to Georgia, and they were looking for a soul to steal. So, you know, once we defeated them, then the chicken, uh, chicken started picking out, you know, alien bits and pieces. I don't and know. him just running with the can, cow. Can we do like a, a sci-fi futurific, uh, uh, you know, of... You know, devil went down to Georgia, and you know the the aliens came down to the farm. And <laughs> this this could be a a, a sequel to uh, uh, this is like a next in the line of uh, of uh, Starship Troopers. It's like Starship Farmers. <laughs> we got bugs. I mean, because it did kind of look like you know a combination of uh, Half Life and uh, Starship Trooper bugs. <laughs> oh, I'll allow it. <clears throat> But then the one after that, another one that's kind of pretty funny, uh, Sucker of Souls, which this one has some of the best, like, you know, jokes, I think, in, in it of all of them, where it's a, a team of three mercenaries uh, doing security for an archaeologist and his assistant. So who, it's basically Indiana Jones with vampires. Yeah, who happens to dig up uh, Dracula. <laughs> I love the, like, because, like, you know, the the other two uh, people are back at their base camp, and you know the the lead guy and the scientists are like running from the Dracula, and they find a cat, and the Dracula is like scared of the cat, and he's like, "What's wrong?" He's like, "Well, you know, legend has it that uh, he hates cats. That like the uh, if when he feeds off them, it makes his flesh burn, and like all the villagers used to torment him by bringing hundreds of cats to the castle." And he's like, "Yeah, wouldn't be the first guy that got in trouble for eating a little pussy." <laughs> <laughs> and there it is <laughs> that and too like later on when they're like holed up in the uh the one room and there's like well how do we get out of here he's like you know doc he's like i'm an archaeologist not a tactician he's like yeah well i'm a soldier not buffy the fucking vampire slayer you don't see me crying about it <laughs> <laughs> yes adapt and overcome my friends um so yeah i mean oh am just, I... just a, a lot of good bantering and um classical if you're down in a cave be mindful of the amount of c4 that you use 
Hey, like Gary says, it's always better to have more than uh, not than too little. <laughs> I just like that whole prepping segment too. He's like, well, what do we got? Uh, we got a couple of clips for the P90s, uh, two magazines each for the handguns, a shotgun, a hundred year old bottle of whiskey, a mace, and a tat, a, a smidge of C4. Gary, why do we have C4? Like, we should always have C4 and some stupid fucking rope. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, should always bring the stupid fucking rope. Yeah, and if you're shooting an immortal and your bullets aren't doing anything, shoot it in the dick just for good measure. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like, you know, I, I never really had a desire to see Dracula's, you know, anatomy and his alien penis-like thing. Um, that... Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is one of the weirder ones, but, but just funny as shit. Uh <laughs> And there's still yet a twist, so we'll save that for you folks that, you know, want to venture. Um, you know, so great if you're into, you know, horror history. Uh, and the next one. Um, another one of the weird ones, which... Very, I mean, kind of makes sense in a way. I mean, Kind of reminded me of, like, the animation style of, like, the uh, Night of the Tentacle and some of those <laughs> weird, like, British animation uh stuff yeah when the yogurt took over with a uh, you know cuz apparently a uh, sentient yogurt ruled the world at at one point uh i mean it is a living culture yep. i mean you know maybe maybe that's the problem with you know the world today as you know we we haven't invested our time into you know seeing what those cultures are trying to communicate to us instead what do we do we consume them so that they help us excrete through our orifices. <laughs> and it wants Ohio. <laughs> of all places. I mean, you know. But then it turns out the yogurt's better at running the world than we are. Because, like, all right, in exchange for Ohio, we're going to give you an exact plan of how to eliminate global debt. But do not deviate from the plan. If you deviate at all, the world will collapse. And he's like, yeah, yeah, of course. But we're humans. Of course we deviated from the plan. Well, and, 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 and not just humans, but politicians yeah um you know more so that you know well we know better than they do and you know screwed us all and then the yogurt took over and made it better <laughs> if you like the color white because yogurt apparently prefers white because every the, i mean the dude, idealistic that, that, future everything was white that is probably the pure purest form of yogurt is just plain okay you start yeah. adding all the other stuff and how do we know that we don't you know accidentally screw up the you know sentient you know uh, stuff that actually makes the yogurt useful maybe all of these different varieties of flavored yogurts and fruit on the bottom yogurt and everything else are the reason why yogurt's not solving life's problems today because we've already fucked the plan up yep because there was probably yogurt that said Keep me pure. And what happened? We didn't listen. We deviated from the plan. And I'm about to finish up my first uh, egg roll and about a 45-minute smoke if you don't Which uh, is if you don't let it rest. <laughs> kind of surprising. Like I I felt like this would be maybe a a 30-minute smoke. Um so kind of I mean, cool that you know we're And and I can say that um and I'm not one to let rest. I, I talk and smoke, and I never like set mine down. So if you're if you're a slower smoker, you might be able to squeeze an hour out of this. I thing. mean, to to be honest with you, I'm probably on my final third. You know, so I, I've got a little bit more cigar than you, but you know, 
As I talk, I, I do tend to let my cigars rest because I'm a gentleman like that. I'm not a fucking savage that's just like, <laughs> let me, you know, just power through this thing. I like to savor and enjoy, and that's that's the difference between the two of us. Yep. You're just like, how do I get on to my next egg roll? And I'm like, man, I'm I'm just taking my time with this one right now. I deviated from the yogurt's plan. I've, I've doomed humanity. <laughs> uh, and that brings us to another one that... Uh, that uh, speaking of doom, uh, beyond the Aquila Rift, this one done by Unit Image uh, Studios, but another one with like hyper realistic animation, which it looked like this could be like the next like big sci fi movie. I mean, it it was kind of pretty epic looking. Yeah, and I so I guess the the premise behind this is you know a. A group of space explorers, not quite Firefly, um, but you space know, truckers. Yeah, they basically wake up from their hypersleep and you know have found out that hey, we're drastically off course, and you know, oh yeah, there's a software bug, and you're not the first. So yeah, apparently you- they they go to sleep, and they go through like a warp gate, and it's supposed to send them to wherever, and then they, but it overshot where they ended up hundreds, if not thousands of light years past their destination into to a mysterious you know deep space uh, uh base that <laughs> uh way off course and you know happened to find a friendly face there yeah and it's like oh it's that lady from my past which is probably a never probably not necessarily a, a good thing you know if you're an astronaut and then you know you you wake up and open your chamber and there's a familiar face from like you know decades ago yeah some lady i hooked up with once back in the day hmm yeah don't believe in uh coincidences when you're <laughs> you're in in deep space so yeah basically they figure out that oh yeah it's you know Realistically, you were asleep for a couple of months, but um, you know it's been a few hundred years back home. So, even going back, the world isn't going to be what you left it. Um, and and when they try to wake up his crew, he's like, "Oh no, this is uh, this is uh, what's her name? Uh, you know that I dated." And she's like, and she's like, "No, look at her, look at her." And they're all like, "Oh, she's got fucking hibernation sickness or whatever." Uh, yeah, let's put her back to sleep. <laughs> but turns out, no, she's right. You're fucking an alien. <laughs> so, yeah, I you know. Plot twist. <laughs> uh, this was another one that the the animation and stuff was, was cool, but it was, you know, video game-like. So that yeah. was a little bit distracting. Especially um, when he wakes up, because he's kind of... In a matrix type situation, and he's been there apparently a lot longer. I wonder how many times he's gone through. Because when he wakes up and panics, he wakes up again, and it's kind of all started over. But for the moment that he was awake, he was like, you know, beard had grown, he was emaciated, you know. So I'm like, I wonder how many times he's gone through the, uh, (laughs) been plugged back into the machine. So, yeah, I don't know. So keep your eyes out for a lady named Greta if you plan on doing any space travel. That's the thing, too. Like She's like, I legitimately care about you. I care about all the lost souls that are up here. And when he wakes up, it very reminded, much, reminded me of like Doom or something. 
because he ends up in some weird alien spider web thingy. But do you think she's like really like I'm just feeding off these people, or if she's like I'm trying to I, give these people a peaceful end that are I, stuck I, here? I think ultimately it's the latter. You know, it's much easier to stay stuck in your um. How do I word this? Um, I guess your 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 comfort zone than you know facing the reality of the situation that you're probably dead or life as you knew it could never be the same again. So I, I you know I I think there's a a basically a way just to keep the blinders on and say hey here's something you know. Um, Comforting and familiar. Yeah, but that was, that was one of, that was like a really mind fuck to me because I'm like, is this alien chick like? Because I mean, she does warn them that you know, hey, you, you are not ready to yeah. see the truth yet, and you know, he's adamant and just like, no, I've I've seen this time and time again. You're you're not ready, you yeah, know, and. Just, you know, go to death uh, quietly and enjoy your time, <laughs> or you can see the horror you're actually living in. But so it's like, it's I, like I yeah, I, it's like, it's, it, are I these think people it's food, or is she really trying to be nice to them? I mean, I think it's basically a way that that's like one big brain, and as long as you're attached to the brain, you only see things, you know, the way that you would want instead of, you know, the the cruelness of reality. So I, I guess it's kind of a way to stay in a, a dream state. So, yeah, very much a mindfuck. Uh, and the, we alluded to some steampunkery earlier. The next one, uh, Good Hunting uh, by Red Dog Culture House. And very much a mix of anime and steampunk. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, It, it definitely brought the the worlds of, you know, 1800s China, uh, you know, samurai martial arts mastery to, you know, alternate history steampunk, you know, with the, the googly goggles and, you know, the monocles and, you <laughs> and know. Freaking airships. Airships and, <laughs> and you know, steam train and, you know. Um, yeah, it starts off very much like samurai stuff. You know, it's like a guy who's a demon hunter and his son hunting this uh succubus type thing and that uh yeah so but you know then you meet the daughter of of the supposed demon and she's like no we and i forgot what they actually call them it's like kinji or something yeah. similar to that but basically you know they're you know the, the shapeshifters but um you know, once again, you know, I think it's just a disconnect between humans wanting supreme control and, you know, these creatures just wanting to exist and yeah, be and left as al alone. Technology I and all that advances, magic gets kind of dies off and she's stuck in her human form. And instead of because you go from a human to an animal and she's like, you know, I'm still having to do what you accuse me of and hunting men. But now I, you know, I enchant them with my, my body. Cause she's like, I no longer have my claws and my fangs. And I can't hunt anymore. So I have to use what I have. And she basically becomes a, a hooker until. Yes. Court. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, I feel like she's got <clears throat> class and, and, but she's like, I, you know, I wish I could hunt again. And you know, the, the son that had, had spared her, he grew up to become like a, 
kind of a technological wizard and was building. Yeah, he understood um, autonomy more than he probably understood anatomy. Well, then it turns out like, you know, an evil uh, uh, lord that, uh, you know, had uh, wanted to build a sex bot and basically, you know, turned her into a, a cyborg. And these are probably, you know, let's just pause right there. This is probably a reason why we don't really need the, you know, uber-realistic sex robots. Yeah, because they will turn on you and kill you. <laughs> but then he builds her, like, a, a fucking badass body where she can turn back into, like, the the cat monster, the fox monster that she, she was. And then she goes off and, you know, becomes kind of like a hero and takes vengeance on all the people that abuse the 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 women in the downtrodden of future you know, Hong Kong or whatever. It was very much um, a similar uprising, like through Sin City, where yeah. you know all of the girls basically run the streets and you know control the guys. And I, I kind of picked up on that vibe. I don't know if Tin Miller actually did anything on this particular skit or not, but uh, you know it, it definitely doesn't have the Sin City animation to it i mean it's drawn very much like you would imagine um you know most animes or hentais in this case like <laughs> i don't know it's weird like the thumbnail is just the exposed boob it's like <laughs> can't have like the shape-shifting creature or anything we no. just need the the you know anime boob because why not uh, but yeah when when she becomes like full-on battle bot and starts you know taking vengeance on rapists and whatnot. I was like, like, that's pretty badass. I mean, it was kind of a, kind of a twist. Uh, you know, she becomes a cyborg hero and he's her cue. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and that brings us to the next one. And, and I don't know. I, uh, remember hearing some of Charles Manson's music he recorded and he did one song called Garbage Dump and I think this whole skit was basically around that song because it all takes place at a garbage dump. (laughs) Ah, yes, titled The Dump. (laughs) Where a city inspector comes to uh, evict an old guy who lived his life in the dump and He's like, I'll tell you a story, and if you don't believe my story, you can kick me out at the end of it. And goes on to this tale about how him and his buddy who lives in the dump uh, found an alien trash monster that ate his friend, and then he adopted it as his dog. <laughs> I mean, it did kind of consume a dog. Yeah, it's like he tears it apart, and then he realizes there's a puppy inside, and it's like this thing like feeds off the garbage, and the garbage becomes part of its brain so it's like you know he you know puts his buddy out of his memory and then pretty much uh, out of its misery and so pretty much it's a giant puppy dog that eats anybody that comes into the junkyard and tries to kick out the old man so i don't know i i guess they you know two long souls you know find solace in one another's company and figure out how to coexist and it's like i'll let you continue to you know um consume trash and do your thing and i'll stay in my hut and <laughs> drink and you know, keep anybody that wants to you know take over this area away i guess <laughs> and he had, like, he's like why would i ever want to leave the dump everything eventually comes here anyway and then like he's you know when he starts telling his story his lighter stops working so he throws it away and and when the city inspector guy gets eaten the dog spits out the guy's like fancy gold lighter and he's like yep like i said 
anything I want eventually ends up here in the dump anyway. <laughs> ah, from ashes to ashes and dust to dust. <laughs> uh, and then we get to shapeshifters uh, of a different kind about the dogs of werewolf. Yeah, <laughs> dog soldiers. I mean, that's what I felt <clears throat> like, you know? I mean, I I think they, you know, took the, the old additive uh, devil dog and, um, you know... Went literal with it. Yeah, tried to tried to make it literal. Yeah. Um, this wasn't really my... It's not all that high up um, on my list. It had a cool look to it. I mean, it was another one, Blur Studios, that looked... Yeah, but I felt like I was playing Ghost Recon Wildlands all over again. Yeah, I mean, it, it looked like straight up Af- Afghanistan, but there's two uh marines uh scouts i guess uh that are that are werewolves and kind of escort uh <laughs> these units and 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 you know sniff out terrorists it's kind of like having the canine unit but the canine unit is a uh, you know an actual dude <laughs> and they find out the you know fucking isis has their own werewolf who uh eats his buddy so he goes rogue and and hunts down a uh, couple of uh been a afghani were- werewolves <laughs> damn it i got the exact same uh a fortune on this cigar your fortune as you seek is on another cigar damn it uh, i wonder <clears throat> i haven't looked at my uh my second one yet so uh <laughs> i haven't lit the cigar so this wrapper on this one is um actually quite a bit tighter are they uh yeah. used extra glue or something on it so i'm <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm struggling to get the wrapper off without uh, damaging the cigar wrapper. Itself. I, I did like before the the reveal of them being werewolves. You know they're you know kind of going through uh, this village, and the one guy is in the in the front and gets hit by a sniper, and then he like you know sniffs out where the sniper is and calls in fire, and they're like, "You all right?" He's like, "Yeah." Guy almost shot my dick off. He's like, "Well, good thing we killed him. If he can shoot a target that small," <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "Fuck you." <laughs> I, I'm 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 about to say fuck you to this cigar too, because um, my my second you know fortune you are cleverly disguised as a responsible adult. That one's a little bit too close to home. Yeah. <laughs> I've talked about misfortune cookies and stuff. Hmm. <laughs> uh, but the I wonder fight- if in like UV or somewhere there's like April Fools. <laughs> but the the. Werewolf fight scene in this too was was pretty badass. I mean, yeah, that that's probably the 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 most redeeming quality of this you know, particular story is like when he hunts down the uh, the terrorist werewolf and him and he gets that you know that epic fight in the in the uh, you know in the desert with the with the old man. It's werewolf. A little too Twilightish for me, <laughs> but it's pretty pretty bloody and badass. But then it also kind of had an undertone of you know. Like it was a, kind of a story about racism too, and I mean, kind of it was like a, a moral wrapped up in a werewolf story. I must have missed that part. Some of these, like I, I gotta admit, like if they um, were a a little less attention grabbing, I found myself getting distracted and trailing off, and other ones, you know, just kind of consumed me, and I was like, whoa, mind blown. <laughs> Uh, the next one um, was very interesting. Um, helping hand. Yeah. <laughs> uh, basically, uh, it's kind of like remember that remember that movie? Uh, I think it was like 120 hours about that 
about the dude that gets trapped and has to cut his own hand off? Well, I kind of felt like it was Saul. If Saul had taken place in space, you know, and it's like, you must sacrifice yourself in order to save yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's like a satellite repair person who's like on a solo mission uh, gets hit by a piece of space debris and it pops a hole in her suit and she falls off loses her tether and has to get back to her ship. So like the only thing she can come up with is like, uh, since her ship or suit is leaking, she has limited ties, oxygen ties off a tourniquet to fix the hole and her arm freezes. So she snaps her arm off and throws it to use it as propulsion to shoot herself back to her ship. <laughs> <clears throat> I mean, very much a kind of a simple yeah. Yeah, story, I, but it was I, like, yeah, it's like, oh, I I don't know what it is. Like, I I think my fear in life is being deprived of oxygen because you know, like, watching drowning sequences or you know, like, sequences like this where the person you know is is suffocating and everything else. I'm like, doesn't seem to be a good way to go. I mean, because that's well, it takes what probably a good minute and a half or so to black out. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah, this one, that one made me uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, and the next one, Fish Night, which... I I don't know what... Not a whole lot to say about Fish Night. <laughs> uh, this was one that I just felt like was there to be trippy and, yeah. and not much else. I guess, you know... Like, for me, I kind of felt like it was Beavis and Butthead do America where, you know, they have their desert scene and they, they start tripping balls. And this was like, hey, we're going to do that, but like five minutes long. Yeah, uh, pretty much two salesmen. And we don't have any Sharknadoes. We got Sky Sharks. Yeah, two salesmen break down in the middle of the desert and they come up with a weird, sound like a stoner conversation. But hey, all this used to be ocean at one point. Like, how come we never see ghosts of fish? And then sure enough, all these like trippy glow in the dark fish start swimming around like they're under the water. Like, oh, it's this desert is haunted by ghost fish. I figured it out. Dehydration and that's a mirage. I probably ate a cactus or something, got a got some peyote going on there and started tripping balls. And the one guy fully goes into it and is like, I'm gonna swim with the fishes and then gets eaten by a ghost shark. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of pretty colors. <laughs> Moving right along. <laughs> so uh, the thirteenth episode, uh named Lucky Thirteen. This which, is the one done by Sony Pictures. Uh, which I I really like this episode, I gotta say. You know, because... Uh, you know, with, with this one here, you've got a, a ship that, you know, basically has gone down twice and lost all crew members both times. And, you and know, its serial number is 13. Ends so, and begins with 13, and the numbers total up to 13. So, you know... Pilots are apparently superstitious. Yay for numerology. Uh, so everyone thinks it's a cursed ship. And, of course, the newest pilot always gets like the ship no one wants. But then she uh, makes it back from her first mission. And then they go on like 19 more missions without a without a loss. And they actually start to think this ship is lucky. You know, yeah. That, <clears throat> and, you know, and in fact, like I, I think that, you know, one of the big turning points is... You know, they offer, you know, the pilot a promotion and one of the, you know, top of the line newest models. And she's like, 
nope, this this ship's seen me through thick and thin, and you know, nope. this is my boat. <laughs> and you know, the the ship kind of has a an AI, so it's always like it never like actually communicates, but it's always watching, and you don't know how sentient uh, old Lucky Thirteen is until her last mission when they do get shot down. I like the design of it too. It looked kind of like the uh the Quinjets from Avengers. Yes. <laughs> and so it had that same design. And uh but yeah, they get shot down and you know, the the procedure is that well, we got to self-destruct the ship so it doesn't fall into enemy hands. And the first time I I didn't even notice it the first time I watched it cuz she's like, "All right, everyone get out of the ship, get to cover. I'm going to cover you till the guns go down." Well, eventually she runs out of ammo and starts trying to get out of the ship. Well, they're lining up a, a, a missile to try to shoot it again, and she can't get out of the chair. It's like there's a, a hose that is stuck. But then the missile goes like right through where she was about to step, and then it like lets go of her. So it's like, it like I didn't realize like the ship was protecting her at that point. Yeah, it's more obvious later on. But at that point, I was like, oh shit, I totally missed that. Like the ship didn't disconnect the the hose until after the missile had gone through and like stopped her from getting squished. And then she goes to set the self destruct, and it's like, you know, I'm really sorry about this, and. The, the countdown starts and it gets to the point where it's supposed to blow up and nothing happens. And they're like, fuck. And then like, you know, all the, the enemy starts climbing on the ship and using it as cover. And she's like, get the fuck off my ship. And the ship is like, wait for it, wait for it. And then wait, you know, holds its explosion past when it was supposed to go off until all the enemy was close enough that it took everybody out and saved his crew one last time. I was like, cause you know, at the f- first of it, when she, uh, first gets assigned the ship her her co-pilot or whatever is like she's like eh, it's just a machine i'm not believing uh in superstition he's like oh no every ship have its own personality especially uh this ship and it's like oh yeah it really was almost like a, a living thing by the by the end yes. of it yeah like you you this is another one that i absolutely felt sympathy toward the end and uh you know big props um you know for any folks that have watched orange is the new black um but you know the the actor is the one that, you know, voices the pilot of Lucky 13, uh, Samara Wiley. And, um, you know, I I don't know. I mean, going from Orange is the New Black to, you know, voicing this kind of skit and stuff, you know, was pretty cool. Yeah, like, it, it very much looked like it could be a, a feature-length movie in that style of it. So I, I, I'm always a, a, a sucker for pilot stories <laughs> from Top Gun on, you know, on through. <laughs> and, and the next one, um, this one was just weird to me, and I'm sorry, but Ross Patterson kind of killed it for me when he did his song Zimas and Jollies because I just could not uh, get past that. And <laughs> The you name know, Zima Blue. <laughs> yes. So, you know, unfortunately that's what I had in my head the entire time <laughs> this uh, skit was playing. So, Give me my Zimas and Jollies. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, the animation style of it too looked a lot, remind me a lot of Batman Beyond, that weird futuristic anime style where it's, Lady goes to interview a, a artist that has been around for like a hundred years and apparently he's supposed to be part cyborg and all that, but turns out, no, he was a pool cleaning robot (laughs) that evolved and his final art is he's going to go back to being a pool cleaning robot. (laughs) And de-evolve back to the happy little pool cleaning robot. Yeah, that was just <laughs> one of the more mind trippy ones. And then that gets us to Blind Spot about a bunch of cyborgs uh, trying to rob a convoy. 
which kind of looked pretty badass. This is probably like the most like heavy metal out of out of all of them, which is these weird like you know kind of road warrior Mad Max cyborg heist <laughs> story. I I felt like there was a lot of this that had uh, the Mad Max um, esque style foul to. Blah. I forgot what I was saying, but yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, you know, very much, you know, 90s, you know, you're trying to rob a computer chip from a, you know, heavily guarded truck, and, well, you just don't go into missions like that being overconfident, I'm afraid. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Yay for the rookie, I guess. Yeah, because everybody gets blown up except the rookie, and then they're like, oh, we're, we're cyborgs, dude. We download our... AI before we go on a mission. doesn't matter if we die. <laughs> He's like, I've lost everyone. They're like, no, we're still here, bro. We're just going to rebuild our bodies. <laughs> Welcome to the crew. Uh, but it kind of reminded me of that and uh, kind of reminded me of uh, uh, Star Wars Rebels. Kind of had a very uh, ghost crew yes. feel to the <laughs> the characters. Or uh, Firefly, I mean, like the personalities of the, the different cyborgs kind of reminded me of some of those... Uh, like you know, especially like the one the the one big guy. Well, it kind of reminded me of Jane. <laughs> kind of had like a little bit of a Firefly personality to it. Yes. Uh, the the next skit here, um, Ice Age. Um, this one's unique in the fact that it's the only one that actually uses live action. But then too, like I kept having flashbacks of like Men in Black, where like <laughs> the people living in the. Uh... <laughs> the subway locker or whatever. Yeah, but instead of a subway locker, you got a a refrigerator. But um, you know, this is very interesting. Where basically a young couple rents out a a new apartment and opens a refrigerator, only to find an entire civilization living in the freezer. Yeah, starting from Ice Age, evolving all the way through modern times, and then eventually. Blowing themselves up in a nuclear war <laughs> and, and then evolving past yes. that and becoming like energy beings and stuff. And then it, once they think they're all dead, they just unplug the, uh, the refrigerator and then it starts off with a whole like tropics. Now it's hot in the refrigerator. So a tropical, uh, civilization starts evolving with, uh, dinosaurs and shit. <laughs> so yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess that's the, the curse of, you know, humanity is, you know, never learning from our mistakes. Yeah, we're all just living in somebody's refrigerator. And this, I mean, that one was actually directed by Tim Miller as well. Yeah, so, um, yeah. Um, the next one, alternate histories. <laughs> um, you ever uh, wonder what it'd be like to go back and kill Adolf Hitler? Yeah, it's, uh, apparently there's a alternate history simulator and for an example it shows like how you can go back and change things in history and see how it would play out and so the the example they use is killing hitler and they kill him in like so many different ways and like pretty much yeah, every time I they think kill him this actually shows six <clears throat> different um histories <laughs> but every time they kill him it's still like the world still goes to shit and war still happens and it like doesn't matter and at one point there's like you know future Nazis versus anti-Nazis, and then Mecha Hitler shows up and kills them all. It gets super complicated. You're like, damn it, Barry, quit fucking with the timeline. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so uh, just remember, folks, um, you know, eh, 
the grass isn't always greener on the other side, I guess. It's, yeah. um, you know, take away from this little snippet. <laughs> um, and the next one, and I think this is the final yeah, one, right? We, the, we, the, we finally make it to the, the end. Secret War. And this was weird. Um, yeah. Kind of had a uh, Wolfenstein feel to it. You know, Hellboy is kind of what I, I felt with this one. Yes. But I, I, I do see where you're going with the Wolfenstein as well. Um, but It follows a platoon of Soviet uh, Red Army soldiers who are hunting down demons in the forests of Siberia <laughs> where someone was experimenting with uh, kind of like the story of Hellboy trying to, you know, why get power folks from... always got to play with the dark magic? Why dark can... magic and... What's, what's the... You know, at the end of the day, it's magic. Why can't we play with, you know, white magic or, you know, light <laughs> magic, you know, good magic? Why, why do people always just want to, you know, tinker with the occult and the dark arts? Yeah. You know? Um, uh, yeah, but if you're a fan of Russian accents and blowing up demons with uh, AK-47s, this is the, the story for you. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, kind of a good, you know, coming of age type, you know, type flick at the end of the but, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. You know, it just, uh, yeah, I yeah. A lot of these, I mean, only being like the ten, fifteen minute segments, almost feel like pitches for like, hey, this could be a standalone. I almost wanted more on some of these stories where it's like, all right, this is a cool snippet, but like, it's I, almost I, like watching <clears throat> a, um, you know, like sometimes they'll do like the fourteen minute, you know, um, previews for films and stuff like that, you know, to leave you on a cliffhanger. So it's like, crap, I've invested this amount of time. I got to continue investing more time. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, because I mean, some of these I, I almost wanted to see it play out into an entire like feature length. Uh, uh, a film, or at least you know, a, a longer and 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 maybe this is you know a, a prelude to how trailers will be in the future. You know <laughs> yeah. where I, I I used to do um, vote you know, which of these do you want us to turn into a full a feature length. Uh, and you know I did quite a few um, TV previews and stuff like that at you know some of the local hotels, and you know essentially that was it. You would watch you know. 30 to 40 minutes of a potential film, you would give it, you know, your reviews and everything. And based on that, you know, that's kind of the takeaway as to, Hey, are, is this worth throwing additional dollars and time into, or do folks just think it sucks and we should move on to something else? Uh, so as we, uh, we kind of, you know, out of these 18, do you have a favorite or a favorite, you know, one or two, and you have um, a least favorite one or two. <laughs> so I, I, I think um, a a favorite for me is Three Robots, definitely. Um, suits. And probably the first one, you know, Sony's Edge. Um, I think are probably <clears throat> my, my top three. Yeah, I'd say... Uh... Probably my favorite was uh, Suits, uh, Sucker of Souls, and, and yeah, probably Three Robots and, and Sunny's Edge are probably the, the four, three or four I would recommend if you don't want to sit through this whole thing, see at least those, and those will probably 
hook you in. But if you if you see those three or four, then essentially you're halfway through, so you might as well just watch them all anyway. <laughs> I mean, uh, what about uh, what do you think the the weakest link is? If you had to delete one of these, uh... the weakest link for me. Um... Let's see here. Uh, probably um, Zima Blue. I I I don't I don't know. I mean, that was one that I just kind of spaced on and didn't really care about. And you know, then like I said, all I could think about was Zimas and Jolly. So <laughs> that probably heavily influenced my lack of. Yeah, Zima Blue and maybe Fish Night weren't my favorite, but the one that I'm just like. Yeah, if I'm watching it through a second time, I'll probably is the witness was just kind of, it was just dumb to me. <laughs> well, I mean, unless you're a fan of hentai, then yeah, the other than that, I, probably, I, I yeah. felt like the the witness. If you took away the nudity, and you know that type of stuff, because I, I I don't feel like it added anything. I think it was just there to be like, hey, let's just show you know frontal Japanese bush running down the streets <laughs> and you know nobody you know any more the wiser you yeah. know or anything of that nature like I I felt like it was just <clears throat> too you know obvious you know it didn't leave enough to the imagination like I, I think what drew me and sucked me into a lot of these is yes you see how it wraps up But then there's, you know, so many twists and things of that nature that you can sit there and ponder and create ways that, hey, in a continuation of this, X, Y, and Z could happen. Or you're in just such a mind fuck that you're like, I've got to watch it again because, uh, you know, my mind's just kind of blown right now and I don't even know what to process what I've just witnessed. Yeah. So uh, any final thoughts on this here egg roll? Did it give you a happy ending? It did, in fact. I mean, this is a a great medium cigar that, to wind down a day, perfect. You know, I've already had my midday powerhouse. This was a great nightcap. And I, I, I like the fact, too, that, you know, it's a, a cigar that you can sit down with for... 35 40 minutes it's not a hour and a half or two hours um so yeah it's more um, of a, it's more than a cigarette like a cigarero would would give you but short enough that you don't have to have a, a full hour of time to another to thing to that i really like about these is a lot of the cigar holders and stuff like that that you see at conventions that only fit these smaller ring gauges and stuff this would be a great convention size cigar where Hey, I want to have a a thirty minute smoke or so, but you know I've got a panel starting up, and you know most of the time carrying a six sixty or a five by fifty four, you're going to be pressed for time, or you know you're going to have yeah. to extinguish the cigar early. Whereas something like this here, be great to you know yeah, in between cut. panels <clears throat> or you know scheduling and and that type of stuff. I mean this this right here would actually be a a a lunchtime cigar. So if you yeah. wanted to have a cigar on a lunch break or something, I would highly recommend. All right. And with that, we'll be right back. Smoke is clearing down. 
Starfighters, it's Sean from the Rusted Robot Podcast. Join me and the Rusty crew as we break down the latest geeky movie trailers, talk about TV, comics, toys, games, casting news, and all things nerdy. Find us on all your favorite podcast apps, the ESO Network, and at therustedrobot.podbean.com. The Rusted Robot Podcast, your source for geek since 2014. The Rusted Robot Podcast. Think about it. And now it's time for all things nerdy in Nerd News. And welcome to Nerd News. Yeah, news. Kind of. Uh, since we went a little long on our main topic, we're no science this week. We got enough sci-fi, I think, in the regular <laughs> stuff we talked about. So, well, I mean, we'll postpone it for next episode. Are you Are you trying to say that your your science all along has just been a work of fiction? Pretty much. Fake news. Great. <laughs> so now I need to kick out the years of useless banter and garbage that you've bestowed upon my brain. Don't worry, we'll have plenty of useless knowledge and banter for next I episode. I mean, I did learn about Nunilian. <laughs> <laughs> so that's still a thing. All right. Um, so diving right in. Uh, I want to talk about a little teaser trailer we got for a film called Joker. Um, this time it put Jacqueline Phoenix in the role as the Joker, so I guess he's given up his uh, Juggalo ways. And <clears throat> yeah, do we do we need a Joker origin story? I mean, I don't think we've ever really had a true Joker origin story. No, I mean, I I gotta say, man, I'm I'm a big fan of Jacqueline Phoenix. I mean, he brought Johnny Cash, you know, to the big screen and did an excellent portrayal. Everything that I've seen him in, I mean, he's did good. Now, my my question is, you know, you got Todd Phillips, um, you know, he I guess he's best known for doing the Hangover films. Yeah, and a lot of comedy you know, stuff. Now, too. you know, we're getting into you know some of the grittiness, and I I hope. God, I, I I feel like DC, there's just too much grit, you know, yeah. a lot of times in the films. There's not, you know, an, an, enough to draw and hook you in. So, you know, looking at this one, kind of seeing the, the life and how the Joker came to be the Joker, I think could be kind of <clears throat> interesting. Yeah, I don't... You know, for, and we've accused DC of giving away their whole movies and their trailers, which they've this does a good job. It doesn't really tell us a whole lot about it other than I don't know if there's going to be an overall plot to it or just more of a document, uh, 
documentation of his descent into madness. And I think that's more what it's going to be, is going to be more the the descent of, you know, here's what happened, you know, after um, you failed to be a comedian. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so I I don't know if we're going to get some kind of like Joker-esque story or if this is going to be like kind of a, it ends with him like, you know, now I'm the Joker, let's go kill Batman or whatever at the end of it. And this is just shows how he gets to be that fucking crazy. Do say his Joker laugh that you hear in the trailer is is really fucking creepy. I'm like, all right, that's a, that's a good proper Joker laugh you got going on there. Yeah, so, I mean, that's... props for that. And to step up from Juggalo Joker we had in Suicide Squad, so we, we will see. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I don't know. You know, I, I mean, it kind of looks like DC is starting to give up on the whole shared universe thing that they started and. Has kind of failed to do. Now they're like, we're just going to do one-offs. <laughs> we're going to go back to doing like standalone stories, <laughs> which I I don't know. I kind of feel like is is sort of their bread and butter. You know, I mean, I <laughs> there's been so much that you know I've just not enjoyed from DC that. I, it makes everything, you know, with that logo just, hey, you know, from the trailers, this looks like it could be fun. And then, you know, what you see in the trailer is not at all what you get in the movie. And it's like... Which, you know, we've not seen Shazam yet, but it's getting some good reviews. Aquaman was good. I mean, there's a few yeah, I mean, shining uh, moments. <laughs> but overall, it's, you know, it's like it's when it... When a Marvel movie gets out, it's like, I look forward to seeing that. It may not be as good as I hope it to be, but I'm always looking forward to it. With the DC, it's always like cautious, optimistic these days, where it's like, you know, back in the day, it's like, oh, there's a new Batman movie coming out? Sweet. Now it's just like, eh, I'll give it a shot. I hope this doesn't suck. I mean, maybe that's why some of these those last couple films have been so much better to me, because I've gone in with so low expectations that they've been able to well, exceed and, them. And we've talked about that. <laughs> and, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't really put myself in a Marvel camp over a DC camp. It's just, you know, from an entertainment value, when I sit down and I feel like I got my money's worth, I, you know, oftentimes feel like Marvel does a better job of making me feel like I got more bang for my buck than what I'm left, you know, theaters, um, you know, with, with DC and you know as of recently um no spoilers here but did get a chance to see uh the pet cemetery movie yesterday and um I kind of wish I got my money back on that one too <laughs> um <clears throat> the joker will be le- released on October 4th 2019 um so nice halloween here's a uh, you know you. yeah um to cautiously optimistic the next thing I'm cautiously optimistic to, because I don't watch a lot of live television, haven't seen the publicity, and dang it, when something releases on April 1st, you just kind of have to wonder a little bit, you know? <laughs> um, especially in the age of internet and digital, because, you know, people can throw up websites and, you know, do all these great things. Something that came across my radar is, um, you know... Sometimes the dead just don't die. <laughs> um, so you know, we, we we contemplated whether or not the zombie genre was done, and apparently it is not. <laughs> well, I think this is a different take on the zombie genre. Uh, I, at least I really hope so, because I'm. I'm it much definitely like looks you, more like, of a uh, zombie land 
comedy zombie movie than a a little bit you know horror zombie movie a little bit more of the drier napoleon dynamite style um comedy but you know here we've got a trailer that we can see bill murray steve buscemi danny glover iggy pop kylo um, ren kylo ren <laughs> yes what is kylo ren even doing on earth who knows <laughs> i guess you know Hey, we pulled you from the Star Wars universe. Um, you know, you you're wanting to battle with your change of heart, so you know, to prove that you're actually good, we needed to kill some zombies. <laughs> yeah. Um, but <clears throat> you know, the trailer that we see is not just the hey, we want your brain um and to eat. It's almost like the zombies are attracted to whatever drive them in life so we see one where the zombie wants coffee another one where you know the zombie is saying chardonnay and and then the people going down the street all staring at their cell phones like the zombies they were in real life <laughs> um so the the other interesting thing is in so many zombie films people's like what the hell's a zombie like there hasn't been 30 plus years of living dead creatures in, in TV or, you know, radio or comic books or anything of that nature, people's like, I'm perplexed. I don't know what to call this thing. Well, it's dead and it's trying to bite me. I'm going to call it a zombie. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, so, what do you think this was? Wild animals? <laughs> I'm thinking zombie. What? <laughs> it so, looks pretty funny. And with that, I mean, it's got a huge cast, too. So, you know. It, I mean, it, it's, it's got, got a potential. website. It's got a release date of June 14th. There's a full trailer with a lot of big Hollywood actors, so if it was an April Fool's joke, it was an expensive April Fool's joke. <laughs> I don't know. You know, maybe maybe the folks just wanted to give back a little bit. I'm I'm not quite sure, but um it it's one that you know, I, I, a little film called Fido is one that you know has always <laughs> had a special place in the zombie genre and uh, you know, you don't get too many good, you know, light-hearted zombie films. You know, I mean, I I I think back to Zombieland and um, you know some some other ones. Um, you know, Sh- Shaun of the Dead is another yeah. one, and I don't know. You know, and, and the days where I feel like you know Walking Dead is pretty well over. I don't know if it That's technically is or not. <laughs> I you know I keep seeing stuff you know that Chandler Riggs you know would love to continue playing Carl and you know this other and it's like it's, it's been done I thought we were done with that like it's, it's I think at this point like you know The Walking Dead has surpassed their or maybe it was Game of Thrones I don't know one of the two is like surpassed where they are actually in the books or the comics and stuff. And I know Game of Thrones is going to be wrapping up soon. Um, Stay tuned because I do have uh, some info that can help folks, you know, get over the the sadness because that has been a phenomenal series and how you can experience some of the Game of Thrones in real life. (laughs) Um, So uh, another thing that uh, is coming out is the My Spy. We got the trailer for it. A little bit of a, a action, you know, comedy. Um, with Dave Batista, who, which... You know what? He's about to... He's becoming the new rock. I, I, and, in fact, I, I think I saw his name listed on, like, four or five other major movies. 
He is um yeah because I knew nothing of him because I've not I knew he was a wrestler but I don't really watch wrestling that much and then he was great in Guardians of the Galaxy like oh this guy could actually act and now he's like popping up in all kind of stuff so yeah he's he's definitely on and on I think, course to be the next well rock. I, and I, I I think um pretty soon he's doing his final match with the WWE against Triple H and I think you know that's to pursue the movie career avenue more so than the the wrestling um you know i i think guardians really put him on a a mainstream you know yeah. map and you know he, he's been phenomenal and i mean that's so like many people oh yeah i mean fight a match for shits and giggles but yeah he's definitely getting ready to go into that more mainstream actor category so yeah um this looks like it's going to be released sometime soon. Not real soon, but sometime <laughs> soon. Hold on, I gotta find it again. Dang it. Joe, entertain the audience. Do, 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 do. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's like pretty. It. I mean, in it, like a. It looks like a. Could also be a, a kind of a cute family film type thing where, you know, a, a, a CIA agent that's kind of, uh, you know, Balls the wall uh, guy. Yeah, I like mean, you know, he's kind a of spy. He's a mercenary, <clears throat> and you know, basically, this you know, kid girl, uh, you know, has uh, blows you his know, cover, and, and and the kid's like, hey, you know, I've got you, you know, and in order for me to let you go, um, you need to teach me what you do. Yeah. <laughs> um. So. So she learns to be a badass, and he learns to have heart. It's a feel-good, warm story, so to speak. <laughs> About killing people. Yeah, so, um, yeah, as of yet, um, don't have an official release date or an official rating, but, yeah, I had Batista, and I know with the news surrounding Guardians of the Galaxy 3 and everything of that nature, that this guy's going to blow up. Oh, yeah. Maybe figurative, maybe literal. Kind of like Ant-Man and Thanos' butthole. Yes. (laughs) Which... Have you seen the skit that the fans put together to actually do that? <laughs> no. Okay. I've know. seen that there's been so many memes of it that the Russo brothers themselves actually tweeted out, we promise Ant-Man is not going to blow up Thanos' butthole, or that's just them trying to throw off the fans. <laughs> yeah, totally they, going they, up they actually created a, a fan trailer of how that would happen. <laughs> nice. So, um, A little video game by the name of Mortal Kombat. Uh, we're about to get our 11th installment called Collector. Um, you know, I, I feel like Mortal Kombat X really put a lot of different things on the map with all the X-ray vision and, um, you know, the added fatalities and stuff of that yeah, nature. Some of the, you know, fatality previews I've seen, you know, it looks badass. Yes. So, um, you know, looks like this guy is just trying to, um, you know, collect souls from different combatants and, you're, Is it, uh, you're in a Jeff fight. Gloom, Goldblum from uh, <laughs> Ragnarok? <laughs> I don't think so. Liu Kang versus the Collector? <laughs> or no, um, who's the Grandmaster? The Collector was uh, Benicio Del Toro. <laughs> yeah. um, a, a game finally got a release date that, man, I've... Me and so many other gamers have been anticipating for quite a few years now. Uh, we've got our official Borderlands 3 release date and pricing as well as, 
you know, a little bit of a story trailer and, you know, who the new characters are going to be and that type of thing. Um, I don't know if you've ever played any of the Borderlands games, have you, Joe? I do not think so. So I'm Border- so behind on gaming. Well, Borderlands is a, a loot shooter, so it kind of plays a little bit like a a Fallout 4 or something. So it has some of the RPG elements, but really it's, you know... It's quirky, it's humorous, it's raunchy, it's, you know, drawn with a an animation style that, you know, uh, Borderlands could have essentially been the video game of Love, Death, Robots. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, there's a, a unicorn and its name is Butt Stallion. Exactly. So. <laughs> Butt Stallion unicorns. Um, so, Borderlands 3 will be releasing September 13th of 2019. It'll be available on PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Uh, for the PC folks out there, um, we're not going to get into the Epic Store or Steam debates or anything, but um, unfortunately for the first six months of release, it will be a you know Epic Games exclusive um, April 2020, then it'll open up to Steam. I wish they would put it on Steam and not make it an Epic exclusive, but hey, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Yay for privacy. Um, so, over a billion guns. Um, guns with legs. Um, you know, we got a few different, you know, our, our bad looks like it's going to be the Calypso Twins. Um mose and the gunner um you'll have um amora the siren flack the beastmaster and zane the operative so you know varying play styles and um this time unlike borderlands 2 where you were locked into the world of pandora it looks like there will be additional worlds and stuff to explore um I feel like that's probably going to take it down a destiny style path but we'll see um but so far, shaping up. Um, price points fifty nine dollars for the standard game. There was a deluxe version for seventy nine, a super deluxe at ninety nine, and then the diamond loot vault thing that I think literally sold out within minutes for two forty nine. Damn. <clears throat> um, so already shaping up to be a, a huge success. Okay, so switching gears. Um, I alluded to something for Game of Thrones. Um. Soon, you'll actually be able to visit the world of Game of Thrones. You're getting Game of Thrones Disneyland? Well, um, Westeros is open for business. <laughs> um, HBO announced that it's turning its Northern Ireland studio into a giant museum and studio tour. <laughs> um, basically, you know, uh, I guess you'll be able to sit on the Iron Throne, see a lot of the different sets and stuff. Um you don't, yeah, it's going to be a big tourist destination. <laughs> hopefully. I mean, you know, I, I would be curious. I mean... Valerian steel's not to, cheap. they got to make their money back somehow. Yeah. Um, to see, you know, if we could get something like that potentially in the U.S. I mean, I, I've always wanted to go to Ireland. I'm not really sure. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, I like beer. Yeah, we'll go visit with the Guinness. Uh, you know, I like Irish whiskey. Um... I like Game of Thrones. <laughs> Maybe you can get beer and whiskey while you're touring the studio. Who you knows? Watch, you can watch the uh, Game of Thrones uh, porn parody, Game of Bones. Oh, boy. <laughs> Gosh. 
<laughs> and um, as we wrap up from that one, um, a little film uh, that the live-action Netflix series is putting together called Cowboy Bebop. We've got some additional cast details now. We know that John Cho, Mustafa Shakar, uh, Daniela Pandia, and Alex Hazel have all been cast in lead yeah. roles for the series. Yeah, that's, uh, that's an interesting casting choice. I mean, John Cho's mainly comedy guy. Well, he got a little bit of action in the uh, the Star Trek remakes uh, playing Sulu, so I guess he he can do a more physical well, role. But yeah, I, I mean, I think I really know him more for Harold and Kumar. Yeah, um, so I don't know if I can see Harold as an ass kicker like Spike, but I mean, it's intriguing. And then you have uh, the guy who played Bushmaster in season two of Luke Cage, which you know. I don't know, I pictured uh, Jet Black as kind of an older dude, but, I mean, I mean that guy was pretty badass, so, you know, I'll give it a shot, you know. The, I mean, at the end of the day, <clears> dude, <throat> it's Cowboy Bebop. Even if it yeah. sucks, I mean, you're going to have to watch it to form your oh, own yeah. opinion. It's, it's freaking live-action Cowboy Bebop, I mean, and, you know, it's some fairly big names, because, uh, you know, hell, Netflix is, like, making legitimate Hollywood movies nowadays, so they're definitely attracting big-name actors to their series. See, I'm interested to see what they do with it. It's like, you know, can uh, Cho pull off the kung fu? <laughs> but, I mean, I think it's, you know, also important to note that, you know, we've talked about some of the cancellations of, you know, the Marvel stuff with Netflix and, you know, where some of the actors and actresses that we adored and, you know, those franchises are going to head up. So, you know, I know that... Um, Danielle Shakur recently, you know, she was in season two of Luke Cage. Um, you know, so, I mean, it's not the same universes, but you know, maybe we'll see some familiar faces in some other, you know, projects and that type of yeah, thing. Yeah, the, so. the lady playing Faye Valentine, the only other thing I've really seen her in is uh, she was in that second Jurassic World movie. But yeah, it's like, <clears throat> I'm not too familiar with her but yeah the other two i'm like i've seen seen them in a couple of things so it's gonna be be interesting and i'm just wondering you know what dog they're casting as ein yeah. <laughs> all the dogs ein's a german shepherd now i'm like what this casting is bullshit <laughs> ein's a fur missile <laughs> the melanois <laughs> Any other tidbits of news or anything you ah, want to share with the listeners at home? That's all I got. Check us out on CigarNerdPodcast.com. We're also on the ESO Network at ESONetwork.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at CigarNerdPod. And pick up your shirts at RealMenSmokeCigars.com. You can pick up your energy drinks at StrikeForceEnergy.com. Use your promo code CigarNerds for 20% off your order. And with that, good hunting. And this has been a recording of the Cigar Nerd Podcast. We're your hosts, Smokin' Joe and Brad Jackson. Join us next time for more adventures in nerddom. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.